Well, folks, how are we doing? Welcome along to the latest LWB Club Champ Pod. Uh, this is like an episode of Art Attack years ago. If anyone looked at it, it's one I prepared earlier. So we're not actually live as this goes out. It was prepared earlier. Uh, but we do have a lot to go through and a lot of exciting fixtures to look forward to next weekend across uh, junior, intermediate and senior. So plenty to, to chew into. Uh, we are, of course, in association with Recovery Hub in Carlo, Milano's Takeaway, Biden's Sound, Seamus Burn Electrical, Carpenter's Bar, Lounge and Restaurant, Ray Whelan Limited, The Barber's Barbershop, Fine Framers, J&J Services, Scats Bouncing Castles, and Precision Media Productions. And we thank them for their kind support throughout the championship. Brian O'Donoghue and Stephen Barnbrick join me once more. Uh, lads, really enjoying the last few weeks. And uh, we have a few exciting ones to look forward to now. Um, ac- across the weekend, I suppose, for me, there's only one place to start. And it's not the place that Brian O'Donoghue wants to start. And that's Brian Rangers versus Raffili. Quite a surprise. Um, Brian, I'll start with you. What, what, what did you, what did you make of it? I suppose, and a lot of people will be asking, what's going on in in Raffili with with two performances that have not yielded, I suppose, anywhere near the results that they're capable of. Yeah, um, very disappointed. Um, because we put in two, I shouldn't say we, the lads have put in um two very good weeks training uh, by all accounts, and um, just couldn't click on the day. Um, like I, I was still would have said we Raffili had enough chances to um to win that game um but we are leaking goals left nine goals in three games um and I was chatting to someone last night who said you know um after conceding two in the first half and with a with with uh with eddie but with feathers in full forward why not drop somebody back in front but it was um it was just such a like you can't take anything away from rangers they are very very effective um and drooping on if they had a bit more practice in front of goal um they could have been out of sight much earlier on but um i remember it just come to half time one of the lads text he couldn't get to the game and he said how are things going and i said look it's it's two one to four points but i said we're, we're kicking kicking wise dropping ball short uh, and not to sound cocky or arrogant but my action my attitude was not overly worried like there's, there's scores in this game and we just couldn't make it couldn't make it stick um um from 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 all over the field, like it just didn't seem to kick. And then factor in dirty wet day as well. You know, maybe that's a bit of an excuse. But um, you know, we've we've a lot of work to do in a week if we um want to uh, be able to face up to rug. Yeah, yeah, it's the fixture that everyone. Well, maybe not really don't want at the moment, but definitely all the neutrals uh, want. I'd say rug won't mind it either after what happened last year. But Steve, before we show some um, footage of that game from yesterday. You have some facts and figures, which I know you shared with myself and Joe. Um, do you want to go down through the scores for, for Rangers in particular? And I think there was a good spread there in the end, wasn't there? Yeah, like Donna Murphy scored 1-2. Like Chris Nolan scored 2-1. Two, 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 he got a goal chalked off there. Like as Brian said before half-time, cool Vincent's happened there. There's two black cards. Um, one each side and Chris Nolan caught a great ball from, I don't know, kicked it in, but he turned and shot in the one goal. And it, it was given as a free out and... and just coming out to Billy Fanning was refereeing and he went in and on the advice of his umpire overruled it. So um it was a cracker of a finish. Uh top corner. Now Chris got blocked down. I'd say his possessions he wasn't afraid to shoot, never never afraid to shoot. He scored two one, I think, and he did the first goal, probably, you know, Robbie just would show them down a sec. Yeah, so yeah, came a little yeah. and, and just you know lost the fly even the uh, you know, there's plenty of time to recover from that still, but like Donna Murphy, uh, you know, we, we all know about the minor finally played in a couple of years ago. 
10 points in play where we got from freeze that night. He started, he didn't start the last day, you know, Lachlan came on and got a point the last day. He came on and scored, he started yesterday, scored, I think, one, one or one, two. Um, like all over the field, they got the Burns into the game. The Burns were quite against all Lachlan and still won. The Burns mm. weren't quite yesterday. Like, Dermot now got no, got one point from play before half time. They got Eddie into the game, and Eddie in the football and hurling is a catalyst, I think, for any team he's on. You know, after five minutes, what way this is going. And uh, he was nearly in for another goal. They nearly had another goal in the first half. He, there was a couple of passes didn't get the last man. But, like, the two outstanding players I thought over the weekend were Kevin McDonald and Fake Fitzpatrick to me. Just they carried the fight to, to Rat Philly for the whole game. And they looked so controlled on the ball. Kevin went back full back on Brendan Murphy in the last 10 minutes. But the ball didn't go in for about, I'd say those 10 minutes left, Brendan went full forward. But the ball didn't go in for at least six of them. And there was about five minutes added on. The goal came from a punch ball, was dropped in, and Brian, Brian Smith flicked it to the net. But the, the thing with Raph Philly was the Conor Dale went off, probably carrying a knock, maybe the quarter hour to go. He wasn't in the game. Um, the goals, as Brian says, there's a there could have been six goals. They could have conceded six. I and mean, that's, um, you know, it's not a Rat Philly thing you'd be expecting because... And you know something else, in fairness to Rangers, um, they conceded very few frees. Um, like, you could you could chalk down Brian Murphy for two, three, four frees any game. Um, One yesterday. We, we conceded that Rangers did not... Um, now, you may say Rat Philly could make the ball stick in there and, and Rangers defended well, but... Um, those simple scores that the te- like yeah. the well-experienced football teams like the, the Palatines, the Tin Islands, that have over those balls, they just weren't. Um, yeah, and that's the, weren't being made, you know. Uh, Brendan Murphy went for a goal with a free in probably an injury mm-hmm. time, and it was deflected over the bar because I had him down for a point, and I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember kicking the point. It was only actually <laughs> when I looked at and I was down from a free. It's just, just what. So after I thought of it, but uh, Rangers played to their strengths and. Like Shea Hayes said to me, coming out with a couple of weeks, trying look over all to do. Like it was kind of, you know, don't forget that. Like it, uh, it, it's simple when things are done effectively. And they played to their strengths. Uh, John Nolan came on. John Nolan kicked a cracker of a point um, in the 52nd minute. We were right behind it and it was into the breeze. And at the minute left his bow was going over, over the nut over the bar. They were able to keep Raphael at arm's length after half time was 2 2 to 4 points when they could have been. Not that if Chris's goal had stood in the first half, it could have been seven or six, seven points of a lead at half time. Mm. But they came off after half time and, and the, the goals, the two goals, or the goal after half time from Chris, straight ball in from Dermot Bourne into Eddie. Eddie caught it, was in behind the defence. Robbie came up made a good save. Ball broke out to Chris, bang, back of the net. You know, so they're, they're mixing it up a bit as well. They're carrying ball and yesterday they were a bit more direct at times as well. Yeah, we'll go through it. So this is this is for shooters, Brian. I know you have a point to make there now, but I might just Sorry, go through yes. the video part first there. Um, yeah, like it's not it's not too often Robbie gets caught like this. He just got caught under the flight over. I think. Um, you know, Chris is clearly going for a point here. Just gets caught in two minds a little bit, and it's gone in over the head. And look, that happens. It doesn't happen to Robbie that often. But you know, can you can you start that again? If you look at the um, when Chris come out because they're here, right now, I think. Um, there, right? I think any other football team, I think um, that that's a hand pass there, right? And this is the thing about Rangers, they do kind of unconventional, they've great confidence and they've great, um, they don't, they don't, there's no fear. I think most, in most circumstances, the, the, the 
Okay, who is it? Is it Federer? Yeah, yeah. It probably I, should go to him, but right, you'd be expecting it to go to him. Um, yeah, because yeah, Chris got blocked down about three times in the game. It says, well, like, if you looked at his shots, he scored two one, probably hit a couple of wides, and it says he blocked down three or four times as well. So now the other thing I would say here is, uh, I think it's Connor Doyle. I have to be honest, he doesn't really do Robbie much favors because I don't know who this Rangers man in is here because I can't just zoom in far enough. But you probably should be trying to shepherd him out a little bit now. Maybe you'd argue Robbie should still probably deal with this, right? But didn't really do any favors, like you know. I'm sure if you give him a couple, I'd say he's expecting Robbie to to maybe have caught it and to be ready for the for the for the pass. Um, but what the flight of it, and I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah. Next goal. Because body's back. You know what I mean? Just shouldn't happen, yeah. It sounds it sounds like we're being harsh on Raffili, but you know, I think anyone out there will understand Raffili included that. That. A bad, just, bad goal concede. Can you win it back? Where's the pass come from? Uh, I, don't, I don't think it shows that actually in the clip. Does it? Oh, it does, yeah. Fist, I think. Yeah. Uh, is wearing eight, isn't he? Yeah, so I think it's Darren Burn this in. So, yeah, it's still a good finish. Take not in the way. It's still Great a good finish. finish but, but finish, like, yeah. it's just with the bodies around, you'd be pretty disappointed conceding that. But credit to Rangers, they took the chance when it was there. Mm. Uh, next clip up into the second half. This is a goal that you're talking about, Stevie. Um, Chris latching onto it. Some tape by Federer initially. Good save by Robbie as well. But like, as all good forwards do, he's sniffing around and, um, you know, he's there to capitalise. Plain and simple. I always thought Federer was a better football than a hurler anyway. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of lads say it. A lot of lads say it. You know what I mean? He's he's a serious danger man. Um, always has been. Former county footballer as well, of course, 21. I think he trained with, with Tommy and Turlough. For a little while too. Um, fair play to Brian Smith for getting something onto that because that was a, a hosp- the hospital pass. It was a St. Luke's written all over, I think. And uh, he did very well. Like, there's what three or four Rangers men in around that, and he got yes. something onto it. So, like, at the end of the day, while we're you know, it seems like maybe we're a bit heavy on on Raffili, there was only what four points in it in the end, I think. Yeah, but it was, there was no a consolation, good, though. It was a good 10 minutes where there were what, seven, eight points up, like you know. Um, mm. but just, um, I don't know what it is with, with our lads. Um, you could see like the, the, the effort seemed to be there and the runs were being made and it was just that la- last bit of conviction, the little bit of je ne sais quoi just wasn't there. Um, and there was still, like we kicked enough wides and had enough balls dropped short that there was, like, was chances created there. But it was a 3-7 to 1-9, so 10 scores each. Do you know what kind of way? Mm. Like it, um, same as the locking game. Mm. Range got the very same scores. They got one more goal. They just got two more than Rafili. Very same. Ten scores let's, each, eleven scores let's each. Let's go on to it then, lads. Let's go on to it, right? Because we have the, the footage of that as well. And again, thanks to the Carlo JTV. And we'll give a shout out to Precision Media Productions once more too. Um, This is a game that had all the hallmarks of, of dead rubber, which it was. But it did produce some entertainment moments. And uh, let's let's go through some of those. Some good finishing from what Auckland has to be said. Ty Roach coming onto a ball and uh, getting himself a goal. Off the left as well, which is... Not something that we would see that often. And again, Paul, with bodies back, probably won't be too happy about conceding the like of this. But like that run off the shoulder at the right time, lads, is what it's all about. You know, we're preaching that the whole time. Good opportunism here. That's Mikey, you think, Stevie, is it? Yeah. Like reading it in behind, goes around the keeper. And uh, yeah, nice little finish, has to be said. 
This is another one. As well that's, that, that's, that's a seriously go past, lads. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to wind that back. Like, I know he probably didn't mean to, to drill it along the ground in terms of uh, sending it in. Uh, we're back to the second goal again now. Just uh, we'll, wait for, we'll wait a moment for it to, to load up. But he spots him inside and he takes out about, I don't know, it's probably about four or five pal defenders maybe he's taken out with, with this particular pass. And it's a great run as well, but it's also great vision. That's super, like. And a good finish again, Aaron Armand, that time. So I'll pause with that before we, we go any further and ask your thoughts on those three, because I know, Brian, you're going to jump in there. Three good goals. Um, um, I'm just wondering, particularly with Pal and Rafili, because everyone were in quarterfinals regardless, and maybe this is just a bullshit excuse, but is there an element of no pressure, no real pressure there to... Um, to, to really get lads backs up or anything so there's an element of oh, complacency or an element of relaxation as opposed to having to like in fairness one of the things that I'm impressed by O'Loughlin were um, say now compared to Ron Lebrana, um but O'Loughlin they fought like there was every inch of grass was covered and every like there wasn't I wouldn't say a pal man went, got off, went off the field without a bruise because they were just determined to put in a performance and it was like fair play to them because they you know they're facing relegation or whatever or relegation battle now i'm sure they'll, they'll um stay up but i just wonder is there a, an element of um no pressure and is that was affecting the palatines rapidities of this world you know yeah you wouldn't know i suppose this is what they do good kira moore coming off the shoulder getting the late one there off Davey bambrick as well and you know this is a very good move great goal. yeah that's that's a typical pal goal from the last couple of years where uh, Kenny is usually doing one twos like that. Like Connor Crowley started with eight. He played a bit of the game out there, but like we're missing Jason Kane. Um, he didn't feature at all. O'Loughlin, like in fairness, they were they were trained their damnedest and they got a good spread of scores again. Like Neil Roach shocked a point again. Aaron got a goal again. You know they're they're going forward at pace and if the ball is given to the right man, like uh, it's easier in the eye and it's also probably more beneficial to getting the scores as well. You know and um. The three goals were finished well, as in they were finished by right foot players on their left foot. You know, they were tight at a bit of room. Mikey and Aaron probably hadn't as much. But like they were, I take some bit of what Brian is saying about the, the games being, you know, your eye is slightly taken off it. But the thing about it, and you've said it already, Brian, is you've only a week to get that right in, yeah. in, in Rafili's eyes. Um, look, Aerog. They'll be coming on to it later. They yeah. were better this weekend. They have a few lads back. But they still have a lot to work on. One thing I, I did know sort of weekend is the free-taking. Um, like you were saying, well, Lester I give Brian Murphy one free. Brian, Brendan got one from the free. Like Shane O'Neill, got, I'd, say got, I'd say he scored every free he got. He scored 7-0-7. And Bangus one missed a couple. Uh, Tin Ryan, I think, were fairly good on what frees they got. Uh, you have someone popping up at seven red points from freeze in a match in the quarter final or semi final. Now you're 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 saying your death warrant for you know you're you're going to be another one five along with that has up to one twelve. That's going to win a lot of these games. So the the, the Neil was flawless the other night. I think you won from play as well, and mm-hmm. uh, you know these are things that the teams like the Bangus will have to work on for next week because. Against Modernster Rangers, if they give away as little freeze as they did yesterday, they'll have to be chalking every one of them over the bar. A couple yeah. of things I'd like to point out here, lads. Um, 
I'm going to finish up on the footage from this then. But it epitomizes a couple of things from a coaching point of view. So the first thing, and it's something that doesn't get said half enough, the player that's just given off the ball is the most dangerous man. So look what happens here. You think the danger's over. Next thing, it's back in his hands again. Second thing to point out, it's your typical three-man weave. And the third thing to point out, you always finish out the run. If you finish out the initial run that you've made, even if you haven't got the ball first, you could end up with it on the six-yard box as Pal did there, and it's in the back of the net. So just something to be mindful of, and it's very well done. Um, Killian Roach is someone I worked with this year out in Flesh, and he's heavily involved with, with Palatine. And uh, I'm sure that's uh, that has him written all over there, 100% all day long. He's doing great work. He's uh, only about 23 or 24, I think. And, um, you know, he's, he's destined to be a great manager already in fairness to him. Okay, so that's uh, that's Pal and uh, O'Loughlin. They finished uh, 3-8. 114 Palatine with, with the 114 and as we know already Pal are straight into the semi-finals and O'Loughlin are in a relegation playoff with uh, Ballinabrana which is going to be quite tasty indeed it must be said uh, we'll probably move on to Ballinabrana and Aero just on that topic then before we go back to Bidenstown and Tin Island so I'll bring up the, the footage here from this one and this was a little bit of a massacre lads in fairness very good finish that's Fulton, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's there's no hope of saving that, but there is still plenty of bodies back for Fulton. Got no show off, I don't think, against Tinray in the last day. He's and he scored 2 7 the other night. He's a he's a player. I if he's in the game from the start, I, I think he's he, like he, his percentage of shooting is unreal. I, I, I same at the county level when he's if he gets on the game early on. You have a serious handful to be marking him. I know well, you can say Banner weren't going well. Like he scored two seven, two five in play, I think. This is another three man weave thing all over, as so Gannon coming down through the middle, spots Chris Blake inside, but watch Nile Quinlan in the back post. Again, it's just typical three man weave and finishing out the run. And in fairness, uh, just a word on Nile Quinlan, very much uh, proving a point because I know you would have been disappointed not to be playing, you know, the, the last day or whatever. And uh you know, you could argue that's an easy finish, but he still finishes out the run. He puts himself in the position to be there, like all good forwards. So different to Chris Nolan in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the last passage of footage that we saw earlier in the program. If we're into the second half, and this is Jordan Morrissey tearing through. Uh, like Hulton is so mad to finish a goal, genie Mac. When he gets in like that, like do you know what I mean? Like he does everything right here. Knows where the knows where the gap is. Keeps it low. You know, two of his goals low in the corner and no chance of saving either. It helps as well when you've a lad like Jordan Morrissey who can carry a ball from um, one in the field to the other, like, you know. and That's well, a great finish, finish. Well. That, that, goal, yeah, exactly. like, that goal there, like, you're getting beaten by 15 or 20 points, whatever. It's a, a total carbon copy of the, the, the goal Sam Mullins got against Ballon Killen, the, the John Murphy quick free to, or James Dyle to, to John Murphy. Or to John Dial, sorry, from the opposite end of the field where was the where Lunny was and Lunny nailed it. Um that was a cracking finish, like to be thinking even, you know, when your 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 backs to the wall, like you know, it was great great mm-hmm. thinking and low and hard and you know, it was it was a probably I'd say along with Darren Owen's goal and the Bangsum game, probably the two goals of the weekend finish as well. I felt for Balderana, like to be honest, they were a bit before they came out. And um, I felt very sorry for the keeper. Uh, seven or eight kickouts at least, I see him where he's looking up and genuinely it looked like 
none of his outfield players even wanted the ball. And there's a clip going around there on, on Twitter of Pep Guardiola screaming at Man City players saying, I don't care if you make a mistake, be willing to make the mistake, but you have to want the ball. And um, it, there was just... And, and, and no disrespect to Balmer, they have some excellent footballers. Like um, James Keogh is a quality footballer. He's the same age himself now, I think, 34. Um, Samson's a big chap. And there's another lad in the middle of the field, uh, Ben... Um, Dorgan, yeah. Ben Dorgan, like... Uh, the, uh, Darren Lunny as well. Like, the, the fine footballers, there's, there's no reason why they needed to get bet by 25 points, whatever it was, the other night. Um, um, and still in all, if they can get their act together in a rele- in the, for the relegation final, a relegation match, it's not impossible to agree with Auckland, but if their players don't do, like, basically want the ball in, in play, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing intermediate football next year. Yeah. Um, just a word on that, that's not the weekend after next, I don't think. Am I right in saying that? Sure. It's not next weekend, and I don't know who yeah, it is. It's not, it's not the weekend coming. So we'll conclude with the, the final senior championship game of the weekend from the same group as you just saw, and that was uh, Bindestown and uh, Tin Ryland. So you know, we said it was sometimes uncommon to see Danny Moore scoring points for range. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that from his point of view or Tin Ryland's point of view. But I suppose if you're looking at it from Bindestown's point of view, and I know Brian, you've touched on this before we went on air. There's something you wanted to highlight: getting bodies back uh, is all well and good, but you've got to get a hand on here, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, okay, maybe. Maybe you're thinking uh, wing back shooting from that range this is going to go wide, but Danny approved to, uh, the week before that he was or two weeks ago that he was uh, able to do that. But yeah, get men back, great. But um, the pressure has to put on the man with the ball, and he was he definitely had two three yards there where he was able to get that off, and just just too easy. Um, yeah, so he's not he's not tracked first of all, and yes, the pass does take out a few bodies on defenders, and then it puts Alfie Corker in an awkward spot where right if I leave if I leave my man. We're in bigger trouble. And if I go here, you know, he just gets caught in no man's land because someone else is probably not tracking the runner as well. Uh fine point though, has to be said. And look, he's <laughs> again he's proven that that was no fluke uh, a couple of weeks ago. I suppose he did twice in that game as well. But uh yeah, that's he's definitely contributing fairly handsomely on the scoreboard for uh Ireland this year. So next clip up then. Dermot Walsh coming off the shoulder. And again, it's hard to beat that, isn't it? Like that's yeah, Tin Ryland kicked five wides, and I can't remember any wide in particular. Um, Bangus only kicked eight, I think. But the the shooting there around the day, like you know, the Dublin team was, you know, they were they were uh, that's where they had done most of their damage. There, the, the shots are you know, 25, 30 meters out. You know, they this one again. Look, just off the day, one of the Walshes, he scored one. He's right and his left, I think, Cormac Walsh. Um, like Bangstone had to win in the first half and it was over on the terrace just to point out there it wasn't in the stand. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was wrong? <laughs> it took 10 minutes for me to actually cop that, you know, Bangstone had a strong wind in the first half and they didn't, you know, they didn't push on with it and it was seven, one and a half time. It was only the second half and they started playing a bit of urgency. They got a couple of scores, you know, the start second half. Um, they went man to man second half. Yeah, the drop, you know, they didn't push up in the kick outs a bit, they didn't in the first half. And you know, John Murphy scored after 20 seconds. It's a you know, Tin Ryan up and running. I think Shane Redman scored again. They got good spread of scores again, but uh, you know, they're, they're in the semi final now, so they're you know, they're, they knew going out just to draw or win on them. Um, 
Thank you, Sunder. Missing um, Shane Clark, big loss. Jamie went off. I presume he was carrying a knock. I was on one leg, yeah. Yeah, he looked like he came out fairly gingerly after half time there. And, you know, they're just. The, they're playing on Lester Rangers now, and that's going to be. That's going to be a. You know, it'll be a. From the Hurling semi final, having shocked them in the Hurling semi final, Rangers will be looking ahead. Be a payback if possible. Then Bang yeah. some guys are looking at. They're probably going in now under. You know, the lads are going to be talking up Mount Hester a bit more after yesterday, and they'll be talking down Bagnason after yesterday as well. So, lads are not. They're going in, they're going in to go on to these previews. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm just going to play out this last clip, and then we're on to the previews, and we can do it properly, right? So, Keen Dyle spots the run of uh, Darren Allen inside, or not Darren Allen, it's Alfie back Darren Allen, is it? It's a great goal. I can't, yeah. I can't see it's it so far out there, but drop kick. Look at it, look at this up close now. Something you don't see too often. <laughs> Fair play to him. Nothing wrong with that, lads. But from a Tyrone point of view, there's a lot wrong with it because I'm not quite sure what they did at this passage of the game. Maybe they changed their structure slightly. But it looks nothing like the Tyrone structure that we're kind of accustomed to seeing. Probably somewhat similar. But what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven bodies back. But Tom Wogan is always preaching this, lads, or at least he was on the podcast last year when we had him, that when there is a blanket like that, that you always keep your head up when you're outside it and see what's going on inside because sometimes the bodies can kind of, you know, get drawn back out towards the 45. Maybe that's what's happened here. And, you know, the second run hasn't been spotted either. So, uh, you know, no doubt Steve O'Mara will be uh, baiting that down their throats. No different to what Tommy and Turlow might have been doing with that Ballerana goal because uh, they, they want it like that. So, now, Stevie's mad to talk about uh, buying your Ranger. So, we we'll start with that. We we'll start with that quarter final, um, and we'll go back to intermediate and and junior, and we'll do kind of a, a review and a look ahead to those. So, yes, we have a very exciting weekend indeed of fixtures, as we said at the the outset. But a double header of quarter final action on Sunday at uh, Netwatch Cullen Park. So one thirty, it is Manus Rangers up against Bynestone Gales, and then at quarter past three, Aerog versus Raffili in a repeat of last year's senior football championship final. So we're going to start with uh, with Rangers and, and Bindestown. So my my take on this, plain and simple, is probably a little bit to do with what you're saying earlier. Is there much at stake? Do, does it matter to teams? I would still say you'd rather be going to a quarterfinal with a victory than a defeat. And Rangers now have got over that on Morsel Hammer in the first round. All of a sudden have a bit of momentum with two wins behind them. Um, one, you would have said, was a 50-50 game. The other one, you were tipping Raffili, I suppose. And they're doing a bit of training now as well. Um, would all would all the Hallmarks be saying here that this looks like a, a Monster Rangers victory? Or is there anything to the contrary to suggest that Bynestown can do this? And I'll put out the two variables, and that's the Clark brothers and their availability and fitness, because without those, Bynestown are a different side. Brian? I'd go as far as to say, had Bynestown had the two Clarks yesterday, it would have given them that extra 5-10%, and you could have looked at a different game. Um, and if you wanted a, wouldn't call it controversial, but a bit of a prediction, if there's some really, really good footballers in Bangladeshtown and um, like Drew De Rogue, um, I'll look at Lewis to Ireland and, and obviously be beat Balnebrana, Bangladeshtown will be there, thereabouts every year for the next five years if you can keep that panel together and, and, and build and bring some young lads through, they're, they're flying it. Um, Rangers are just so feckin' effective and and a little bit unorthodox. Uh, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't honestly call 
Um, draw extra time penalties. Go with that, maybe. Be <laughs> I was thinking along the same lines before I said a draw there myself. I'm looking. Um, like a lot of bangers, somebody's that's the first game I've seen. I didn't see the first two games. Um, so I'm mean, going to what I seen yesterday. Um, you know, Keen Dale, Robbie Kane, they need big, bigger performances than yesterday. They want to, to know that themselves, like, and they'll have to stop on this range getting goals. Like, the goals, three goals in each game. Like if if well, let's down to one goal maybe. Are they able to hit one twelve, one thirteen? Don't know that. Like one twelve or thirteen will probably win any game. No, what's from from here on in? Um, interesting to see. Think, sorry, Wayne, go on. Oh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't. I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. The, will Eddie Bourne be let, if 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 Eddie Bourne is let be effective from the start? Figure Fitzpatrick, as I said, and Kevin McDonald. Thought to told them yesterday if they they're not stopped at source up the field two clerks make a difference look jamie clark you know might as well not been playing yesterday he was carrying a knock it's a visibly he was just the game went by him and they took him off you know short after half time the two of them are back you're gonna you're gonna have cracking middle third there the likes of dermot Bourne, then by he's bouncing off one other it's going to be i if Montester take their chances, I'd give them a slight nod. But I, I'd also go with they'll probably need a goal or they'll definitely need one, two goals. If Bangson can keep a clean sheet, they could just about squeeze it out. But they'll have the forwards have to be a bit more active than yesterday. They would have been understatement and they said they don't need to be told that. Like Jack McCullough was quite enough, took one shot before half time. Uh, that middle third is going to be it'll be like the hurling a lot of the same players from the middle third there that, that, that were in the hurling and you know you can say the tongue in cheek but the range will be going out to win the match they won't be worried about the, the hurling semi final that they lost that's gone but um jesus it's a tough one to call it's tight one to call it's uh i go with Leicester rangers but if if they get only one goal or no goal bangstone i think will win it they just might have enough, maybe 10 points to 1-6 or something like that. If you're, if, yeah, if you're me bets there now that they're going for a lesser range, but that if they get a, a, more than one goal, I, I'm going for more lesser ranges. But right, I, okay. I, right. If you're over Bagnestown, would you be tempted to put stick Alfie on feathers and tell them to follow him everywhere? Maybe they're probably a few lads capable of doing that as well. Like size wise, Jack McCullough could do it, and then you're you're maybe sacrificing him going forward a little bit. Uh yeah, maybe I don't know, but like I suppose Alfie is such an anchor, isn't he? Like at, at six that it's very hard to, to take him out of there. But you know, Shane Clark can play at six as well. It's not exactly similar to the hurling where you take Alfie out at six, then you know, there can be a bit of an issue at times, whereas Clark can play there. There's, there's very few times where you see Rangers um, working a ball uh, say, through the middle. It, they can tend to get so far, and if Feathers is in there, it's launched to him. So if you leave Alfie at six, there's a there's the possibility that he gets bypassed with those balls anyway, and he's trying to turn to, to help. Uh, I don't know. They've got flexibility, though, by this I suppose. You know, I've mentioned Shane Clark can play at six. Jack McCullough can play at six. Um, Jack can play at three as well. Alfie can play a three. So, yeah, interesting to see. So, Stevie's one of the surrenders. I'm one of the surrenders. Brian, I'm going to have to press you. Uh, 
Final soon. Okay, there we go. 2-1 Rangers in terms of uh, the, uh, the verdict count here. Right, next game. Aero Graf Philly, lads. Woo. Um, Aero back on track, you could say. Um, would they have liked uh, a sterner test? Probably. Can they do anything about that? No. Um, do they have a score to settle? Yes. Are Raf Philly a little bit sore after the previous two performances? Yes. Do they raise their game against their rogue? Yes. Are we in for a cracker? Yes. Um, but who's going to win it? Raf Philly with 10 points. Impossible to call. Like, there has to be something more in us than what we've seen. Even against the lockdown, we, we got through it. It wasn't a great performance. Um, and uh, if we if we can stop conceding goals and um, start scoring from the other end, it's dead obvious, Brian Goodman. Uh, but I put it this way: if if we concede if we concede two or three goals, uh, roughly I'm going to win that game. But um, like we're due to click, we're due at least one performance this year, and uh, God willing, it'll be uh, it'll be this Sunday. Okay. But you're hopeful rather than expecting it, I'd say. But just based on the evidence, you know, uh, three non-performances in a row. Um, no, do you know what? Referee a row game. No, referee. Referee. Referee to it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, look, a row have a few of the ways back. Mark Fury and Morris are back there. Uh, big help the last day. Be big help the next day they're playing. Darrell Brain's a big loss. I don't know how long he's out for. Um, all depends on the Raffili have to snuff out the Neil Quindon's, Colin Holton's. If if they're given room, um, you know, there could be there could be oversight, but I, I think it's going to be tight. It's going to be uh, Raffili are going to like this is, you know, it's the I said I was, I was joking during the week's quarter finally wanted it. I was looking the other way to bang us not to get a result out of the Tenorian game, but I was kind of forgetting that you normal know, Nestor Andrews could still be Raffili, which they did to, to produce this match. Um like our Rogue of Lads back, but wouldn't don't wouldn't get carried away and don't will themselves with the result over the weekend. Like the Ratvilli need to like to tighten up the goal, like the goal stands to reason like two or three goals, like an arrow going to win. Any team is going to win. With two or three goals at this stage of the season, if chalk on six or eight, ten points, like you know, but um, they'll need like Brian Murphy being very quiet. Brendan Murphy, I guess, was very quiet as well. And he's been quiet enough in the whole championship, you know. He missed the night, got injured against all Auckland and he went off. And you know, he's he's this is die dog, as we say. And <laughs> you know, it's it's this is like a, it's a quarter final. I wouldn't say there's too many teams that played in quarter finals in. I don't know. I'd have to talk to Leo McGough, but like it's a different scenario too because it's it's, it's only adding one game to them regards of winning this going straight through the semi final. But um, like even the goals, the way they're conceded, there's no good way to concede a goal. But some of the goals they conceded yesterday and the last day were, you know, there wasn't a handle a glove laid on lad. Uh, I expect if Conor Doyle is fit, like he'll be a different lad in the next game. I look, I, I go for Airog, but Airog still have a lot of. You know, the full back line there, the two Kellys and Shane Bogey, relatively inexperienced still. You know, if someone goes four, five, six points ahead in this game, our other team able to pull it back. Uh, that's what, you know, you know when you're, your back's to the wall then. Um, should be a cracker of a game. Like I'd say, 
like Gannon kicked two points and he kicked a couple of ways the first half was the game went on he caught three or four kickouts that middle third again is going to be minefield and just to be so many personalities in that there you know you have Morton Brendan Murphy Gannon these lads Connor Dyle will be coming into it Josh Moore I give Airog the nod but you know the they have bodies, they have a few of the strong names back, but I think Darrow Brain still a fierce loss up in the forward line if in a game like this where it could be ten points to nine win. I a goal in this game was going to be crucial. Like Brandon Brandon Kelly now would love to see how he got on against Raf or Airog. He like he kicked a cracker of a point there yesterday now. I don't know how he got the balance to kick it in the game where you know, things weren't going well for him uh over on the nearly on the end line. Uh I'll go there, Og, but it'll be if there's no goals in this game, you could be looking at extra time. Very handy. All right, that's two air Og and one Rafaeli then. Right, intermediate championship. So Fenna had a two fourteen to one eight win over Navon, and a draw between Kilbride and Grange put Kilbride straight through to the semis. Um, no doubt they were playing some avatunes to celebrate. Uh, quarter-final fixtures then, this weekend. There's a doubleheader on Saturday, which I'll just bring up here now. And we are looking at a six o'clock start for Grange and Navon. Uh, but now it's Cullen Park again, I should add. And at uh, quarter to eight, you have St. Patrick's at Tullow up against Kildavin, Clonigal. So the other thing to point out, lads, is that the teams that have gone straight through to the semis are seeded, just to confirm. Um, I think a few people were a little bit iffy about what, what the crack was there. So that's what we're looking at. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> it's the same every week. Impossible to call. Um, Grange, Navon. I think Grange just marginally, just just marginally. Um for no great reason in particular, to be honest with you. But uh, unless you have some more colour to, to add to it. Maybe just on the basis that they're they're the footballers and sole footballers. Do you more know? natural footballers is, yeah, if I was going to say something, that would probably be the thing that I would use to, to back it up but, as well. But then there's such a limited pick. Yeah. Mm. You know. yeah. Um, so, okay, I'm going with Grange. Brian? Grange. Okay, Stevie? I'll go with Michel because I... I... My ten points to one six again. I just these are games. Michael just there'll be surely nothing in it. I I, I give Michael and not be a point. Never on. I keep calling him Michael, but never on, isn't it? Ah, you could um, be calling him worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said. I said other lads often they call him call him worse. <laughs> but anyway, that's the that's the crack with that one. So St Patrick's and Calvin Tony Gall. Calvin Tony Gall. Um, they're not going to be too pleased with their challenges so far, even though they beat. The blues are there with the blues are in this area with 215 to, to five points that finished up. Um, but like you hit form at the right time and your season can turn, as we saw several times with, with this format. St. Patrick's a total, it takes me thinking, like you know what I mean. These these aren't straightforward verdicts, like in by any stretch of the imagination. Like I knew coming on beforehand here that I was probably going to give a rogue the verdict. Even though you know it's going to be a tight game, and I knew I was probably going to give Rangers the board, even though I know it's going to be a tight game. I haven't a clue still, but I'm going to do it for these intermediate ones. Uh, yeah. Have you any more to, to add? No, it's, it's impossible to call. Um, well, Tola will be the stead up to be happy to go with that now. And her Jerry McGill was very good in the goal from the other night against um, Air Og, his former team. Um, 
Who'd it be? One five to six points, I should yeah, have pointed they, out. Yeah. They can have a cut at him. Um Kildavin, I seen him against Kilbride, like you know, they have the footballers and get out. Uh, is Mick Kyo still with Tolo? He is. Mm-hmm. St. Pat's. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. the new Carla Minor manager as well. See the announced there today. Um I, I I'd give Kildavin the nod on just on the, the fact that they might have, you know, just put that Kilbride game to bed that, you know, just you know, I, I give Calabin a slight nod. Do I think I think is uh, chatting to a couple of Calabin supporters? Uh, there's sort of a feeling that um, one or two has a bit, are playing out of position, and purely based on that, and and Tullo may, maybe have a bit of momentum going now. I gonna lean with Tullo in this one. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Tullo as well. Uh, I think as well what you have with with Jerry McGill, you nearly have another manager playing. Which is like he's such a good organizer. He's a good keeper as well. Obviously, he's played he's played county like. Um, but he's also mm-hmm. done a lot of coaching. Speaking, and, speaking and of county league, I think Kildavin need to get more O'Neill Hickey. They got him into the game as Kilbride League and got three or four points. But they hadn't him in the game for the first forty minutes nearly. You know, and he was very good with the county this year. For I wouldn't have heard a whole lot about. Uh, popped up with vital goals in two games there, and you know, these are the games county men have to stick out. And in the intermediate game, you know, he'll have to pull pull a lot of that team. You know, together as well. I think I know he's only a young lad, but still, they have a lot of experience of county players down different positions. Um, her Tullo are kind of a team on the way up, so it's a make what you can out of that. You know, but as the quarter finds it, they're just you couldn't hmm. you could draw a blanket or the four teams there, and the, the four of them could be in a group together, and they could all be one or any day. Right, so. That's two Tullo and Calavan uh, Tony Gall for that one. We'll move back on to Junior then. So we have Mount Water and Fixtures on Friday night. Another double header in Netwatch Cullen Park. 7.15, Lachlan Bridge versus All Auckland. And then at a quarter to nine, I'd be fit for the bed again that game throws in. Uh, Palatine and Tin Ireland. You couldn't ask for better to start off the weekend, could you? <laughs> drive it on, boys. Drive it on. Uh, quarter past seven, Lachlan Bridge versus All Auckland. Uh, I think Lachlan Bridge and Ireland had all the hallmarks of a very entertaining game. We didn't actually get over to that, but it was a 3 8 2 6 or something like that in the end. I think it finished yeah. up in favour of uh, favour of Lachlan Bridge. Uh, I fancy them for this. I think they have a bit of momentum behind them. And All Auckland didn't score the other day against Ballin. And Steve, I'd all like to do this again to hammer you it, right? But if a team is not capable of scoring in a championship, as, as Tin Ireland have done as well, not scored. Can I know Lachlan are both in quarterfinals of the championship? <laughs> yeah, Just take that in for a minute. No, well, was that the match? Or was that the second half, the match of the night? Like, and they had plenty of chance in the first half. They should have had, like, the, the, they didn't get a score and all that, but they should, they should have had at least three or four points, if not a goal as well. But, um, yeah, was, like, you're going back to the, like, the Lachlan Pal game the other night and the, the Tin Island Pal or Lachlan Bridge game in the junior. They were dead as in, no matter what way the match went, they were going to be still in the championship. Do you go back then to the score average, or something like that? Forget the head-to-head if teams are tight level, that it's... We had a proposal for this, actually. Sorry, this has prompted something. Uh, Ronan Burham is in touch with us. I think Ronan does a bit of coaching. Uh, was he with Castle Lock for a while? I think he's across the border in a week ago anyway. And he played with Carlos Schools hurling going back uh, about 10 or 12 years ago or that. His proposal was to leave it at eight teams and to still have two groups of four, but that 
the winner just just make one draw. So the first round, let that be a blank canvas. But then the winners will play the winners in round two, and losers will play with losers. And then when it comes around to round three, you should have a situation where there is a lot to play for still. Now the only thing I would add to that, I would take out the head to head, and I would just put the score difference. That was going to be the case. Um, it's not the worst idea I've heard for for leaving it at leaving it at eight teams. Um, there's probably still quirks in the system, maybe somewhere I don't know, but probably still a little bit better than, than what we have at the moment. Uh, not a bad show, I thought. What do you think? But the funny thing is, and I'm open to correction here. If you take away the head to head, um, and if Wallachlan had beaten Pal, they actually would have ended up with a better score difference than Raffili, and Raffili being a relegation battle. Mm. So it would, it could, you could potentially make a huge, um. Uh, impact to it thing. I'm based on what I just said. I wouldn't be for it. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, no. Yeah. Steve, right. what do you think of that one as a shout or as, as a? Yeah. Sure. I, I just if that was suggested a county board level and uh, take a lot of experience. We're like Leash are familiar with it, with double the teams. Is it the sixteen in Leash? Yeah, now they still maintain there's no group structure in Leash, it should be pointed yeah, out. Yeah. This is this yeah. is a group structure that Ronan is talking about. So it's not really a yeah, like for like comparison, but the only similarity is that winners will play winners in round two. And yeah, no, I, losers, but just on the other hand, probably listen to Turl on the radio there the other day. That said the hurling football probably it'll have to go back mixed next year because I think if the football is suffering a bit quality wise, if that's looking at that way, that it's you know, it's if you're looking at the Raffili players. It's not fair on them to wait until September, middle of September to start the championship or you know, middle of August, whenever it was. I, I could see it would probably go back next year to hurling football, two weeks of each or whatever what it used to be like. Uh to answer your question, yeah, something new, like it's that right that you have an interest in it until the last game. But then no matter what way you go, if you don't win your own game, don't leave it in someone else's hands. You have you to want, you all wanted to go to Mick surely as Chairperson, every it doesn't matter, they're still trying as much for the football anyway this year. And that's no slight in the football clubs, the world. really. Yeah, because I, I don't oh, know, yeah, yeah. No, that's no. not, I mean, and I, I mean, that that's like they're preparing for a championship as well, so it had to happen too. And right, okay, it's not ideal, but that's the way it is. The, the amount of nights changed during the Harlan championship, like as in, ah, yeah, like, was, was yeah, given to Harlan, yeah, it was gone grand. Okay, no, 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 in fairness, like it's you're the same group of players, you know, there's most of them that say playing f- football at, at, at the top grade of their club, and you know, they're still trying, like, you know, it's just um, you know, a few things there are no hurry, right? but you know, I, I just I can feel it from just said, like, some Raphael or Tom or that's not the hurling, you know that they're waiting till mm-hmm. September. No, you're looking at Chris Nolan, then Chris goes off for the summer, comes back, and still able to. Pop up there, yes, and score two one, you know, and that was because he was away in American playing hurling. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's flip a... it the other way. Like if people just voted the way, you know, in the interest of fairness, just flip it and put football next year. Don't be waiting at all. There's plenty of time to play, and it'll keep them keep them in Ireland as well, sure. <laughs> and the only downside to that then is whatever team does come out of championship is waiting a long time mm. before they play. There's no perfect way. Um, um, personally, it's just a pity that um. You know, May, June, July, uh, and August go by before you get to your business end of one of your championships. Um, and like, I pr- presumably, and I'm no great man to talk about hurling, but I presume like 
September, October isn't the ideal time for um for nice hurling either. Like you know, it's yeah. Just when when I'm with hurling, there, Brian, I just mentioned under thirteen hurling semi-finals ran yesterday morning and hat tip to every young lad who played yesterday morning because there was four semi-finals out in Fenna. I was out in a Breeder Clan Division Two at half eleven and the, like the pitch of the ground, but the weather was shocking. I know it could have been pulled probably. But I have to congratulate any player that talked out in that chest or match officials the whole lot because um it was not conducive with, with, with hurling and uh just mm. fair play to everyone. Mm-hmm. Fair play indeed. Uh, another interesting topic. I'm a regular listener to the Leash Today podcast, which we mentioned quite regularly here. I should be getting royalties. Uh, <laughs> but good friends of Steve Miller, a man you'd know as well, Brian and Fairness. But they they spoke there last week about um, they spoke to John Sugru about the Kerry setup, and they spoke to Kieran McCarthy of the Southern Star about the Cork setup and how the club championship works, and then how a county championship works. And I I couldn't get my head around it before I listened to the podcast either. But basically, you know, if you're a junior intermediate player, you qualify to play for a division in the senior championship. And separate to that, then to run off another championship later on in the year. A divisional one and uh, the cork system is slightly different in that they now have the likes of your ucc your cit and your divisions all in one group so that only one of those teams can actually go into it i think maybe it's a quarter final and it keeps the other clubs happy who are first teams there who say surely this is not right because i suppose you know if you if you look at just say kerry being an example that's basically a county team he's kerry at the moment but in cork a team like that or that equivalent will only come up against a club that are out on their own in the knockout stages and only one divisional team will come over. Um, you're talking about more games later on in the championship. Is that something that would be a draw for Carlo coming into maybe November and playing it up as far as Christmas that lads are playing football the whole year round? Or how do you how do you make that, I suppose, attractive? Like in Kerry in particular, it's massive. Even though you don't go on and represent Kerry in Monster or anything like that, they, they treat that every bit as highly as what they would if they won a championship that sends their club into a provincial campaign. Is that is that a solution to, to what Harlow's talking about? They done it in 1991 in Carlo. Um, Lachlan Parish was one was one team. I think Raphilly could have been together with Clonmore and not no stand corrected. I played in one of the games, I can't remember. We played over in it was in Clonmore, and I, I'm nearly sure it was Martin Smith from Raphilly and her. I wouldn't say over there, but if anyone can, but uh, the the parish say Bagnestone could have been with Fenn. I'm not sure, but there was definitely with Martin Dermody, Lord Emerson. I mentioned Martin Dermody. Martin Dermody actually played in the goal in the final in the hurling. And what age was he then? He was a he six or seven. He died there a couple of weeks ago. What a soldier he was for the cause. And Martin actually played in the goal. In that final, and Pat Castleman got, got the winning goal in the last couple of minutes against Sam Mullins. Um, but definitely there was there was group matches. There was, say it went on. It must have been before Christmas. It was it? It was definitely Paris. The Tullow and Grange were together. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think back now, but I don't know what the branch and whose idea it was, but. It, it did run that year, and Lachlan was the name of the team we had. There was Lachlan Parish, and they won both the hurling and the football. Um, I must look up the National Archives, get a chance yeah, to, just to see. Yeah, we were looking into like. You know, I was looking back at county final programs last week, and there was 
two or three teams, and this is back in the 80s and 90s, that came in. Carlo Blues played one year in the championship, it was the Blues in Aska. Um, Slaney, was a Slaney Rangers, Slaney Rovers, I know that in 92 or 3, they played Rangers. The, the county final against uh, Mayor Og. Um That was Kilbride and Kildavan, I think. Um, was one of the, one of the first ones there, all one of the six in a row. And there was another team, or just what was it? Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he's wrong. The 80s and 90 early, the late 80s, mid 80s to early 90s. I said 91, two, three. There was different teams popped up in, uh, and there were, um, you know, I don't know how the championship worked then. It was, was knockout more than answer, there was no group stages, but how do you work with weight? If the hurling is going on as well, you know, it's it's yeah, but it's after you see, that's what I'm saying. They're running yeah, off if, like if you're going to do it in the championship in format, yeah, you're doing it separate, yeah. fair enough. You'll probably have to clash with soccer or rugby if the you know, you just have to be home with that. So it's an interesting topic to keep lads. Well, under 20 football is going on this year, I'm presuming when the championship is over, so that's going to take you know, and that's saying, look, an idea, and this is not going to be you know, it's 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 uh, it's, it's food for thought for if you want to developing footballers, all right. If you want to keep it strictly to the parish element of it, uh, Ratfilly, Kiltegan, uh, <laughs> and we get Shawnee Furlong and, and Podge Tool and a few boys, uh, just to be no bother at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but then, but then Clamore, in fairness, would argue that then you've, you've got Clamore, Kulkeno. Uh, so you've, uh, I'm sure it's the same mm-hmm. round the county. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. That's if you're saying senior clubs are going to amalgamate to make divisional teams but I think it's more care for intermediate and junior yeah. players that yeah. they get the opportunity to play senior championship football and it gives an Isle crew or whoever's over a county team an opportunity to see these lads play at a higher level and they yeah. get a better judgment on them and they're exposed to playing at a slightly better level than what their existing one is going into play county that I suppose the development or the learning isn't as deep if you've already played senior club championship whereas if you've only played junior club championship and you're trying to go in to get to the pace of Senior county, that's yeah. quite that's quite a step. So, yeah, maybe maybe something we're looking at and list it. But anyway, we'll, we'll go back to these predictions and uh, we'll wrap it up very very shortly as well. So I'm going with Lachlan Bridge against O'Loughlin. Stephen, you're going with O'Loughlin, obviously. I won't even entertain that one. Brian, who are you going with? At the risk of not being invited back on Lachlan Bridge all the way. Good man, Brian. Oh, that's the stuff. <laughs> that's the stuff. Palatine versus Tin Island. Um, I don't really know much about this Palatine side. I know you've seen them, Stevie, but... Um... I've seen them in No Lachlan. Um, yeah, they're a mix of young lads and snack boxes on it. Gavin Farrell, um, Paul Reid. Mixture of young lads and snack boxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, young lads who are eating the snack boxes. <laughs> yeah, I'd look, it'll be nothing in it. It's uh, look... I, I, I... Pal then, is it? I haven't seen Tin Ryland go up, Hal, yeah, for no other I'll, reason. I'll go with Tin Ryland. I'm not educated enough on this at all. So I'm just going with Tin Ryland. I go, based on the fact that Tin Ryland had a game where they didn't score, uh, I go Pal. Yeah, okay, right. Stevie, cancel that call earlier. Uh, <laughs> junior, junior C quarter finalists. Uh, From Moldova. Oh, lovely. One of them. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Who do you know, Moldova? Uh, I won't go into that. Half six Sunday, uh, Tolo St. Patrick's just uh, against uh, Palatine, and then quarter seven, Manchester Rangers versus Lockley. Both at the training centre, kind of junior B quarter finals. 
Uh, I thought I retweeted those. I've just lost sight of those momentarily. I apologise to all in the Junior V Championship. I'm just scrolling back to Ricardo J's tweet. I'm seeking to grab it very quickly. I don't know if you know off the top of your head, lads. Uh, apologies to our viewers and listeners on that one. No, I don't have the fixtures to hand. I will I will go up and go onto the Carlo J website. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the ladies' football final is down for Sunday evening, I think, Steve, is it? Or is it Saturday evening? Sunday evening, 6 o'clock in Dr. Cullen. Um, then the Carrington Rail in North Auckland and the Intermediate. Our senior B final is in there Saturday morning. The semi finals are around tonight. It's um, one of the Rangers and St. Anne's, Ratfilly and Fennel. I want to pause so. for a sec. Have the junior B fixtures. Uh, <laughs> they're out in the training centre on Friday night and 7 30. Ratfilly, Clavin, Goal, 7 45. Bannerbrand and Fennel. Uh, continue. Yeah, the intermediate final in the ladies. I'm not sure of Cobier uh, and St. Bridges. I haven't got, seen a fixture for that, but the two semi finals are the senior beer on tonight and the, I think the final as a half 12 on Saturday in Dr. Cullen so um, it's good to see like well, you know that, that, that means there's too much in there Friday night there's definitely three Saturday and three Sunday so it's good to see cooperation from you know from, from everyone <clears throat> to make it happen to get them into network yeah, no, there's under 16 la- uh, ladies football finals in, in Fennet tomorrow night there's some cracking games in that there um, Erogan or Lachlan in the in the Division One or A final, so there's four finals on over there. So that's when it's a Wednesday night. Um, that 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 concludes that. Like, there's some cracking games in that. In the, you know, the, there's a county teams, both Camogie and, and ladies football. I've been talking to lads that have daughters on these teams, like and they said like there's there's some very good players in in both codes, and you know they're, they've been doing well outside the county in. in Blitzes and things like that, so you know it's good to see that. So hopefully that'll push on to county teams. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The other thing I wanted to say, yes, that's that's great. That's great progress, and hope next year. Just just a, a pure brain fart now. When it comes to the Camogie games in particular, I know it was around at the weekend. They breeze saw set Wollins. I don't have the results to hand. I don't know if he. Yeah, it was a cracker of a game with Mount Leinster and Bagnestown. I think it was four twelve to three fourteen. A biggest home win could have put them in the semi or quarter semi final instead of Alan Killen. Um, Rangers won it then. Rangers won it. I think it was 4 12 to 3 14. And yeah. the Michael beat Alan Killen. Alan Killen. I've seen the score. I can't remember now yeah. offhand. That's so, so there's so, the anyway, semi final. The reason I say that is because, do you know, the way, like most of the games this year, I think nearly all of them from Carl Cogsman who were free in. Um, if it transpired next year that the Senior Hurling Championship was happening around the same time as the Senior Camogie Championship, wouldn't it be a nice incentive to have a Camogie fixture on before a Senior Hurling Championship fixture in Netwatch Cullen Park? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real issues over arguing over gates if the game is free entry for Camogie anyway, and it might get a few people in earlier, see what the standard is like, you know, before the before the lads game as well, that lads that wouldn't be typically going to maybe. Uh, just, just as an idea, you know, um, but yeah, that's the that's the story. Let's wrap the hour mark. We better wrap it up. Um, any last thoughts before we finish? No, looking forward to the weekend. Yep, <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, we we'll give a shout out to Recovery Hope and Carlo, Milano's Takeaway, Banya Sound, Seamus Barn Electrical, Carpenters Bar Lounge and Restaurant, Ray Wheel and Limited, Scats Bouncing Castles, JJ Services, Fine Framers, Precision Media Productions, and the Babas Barbershop are sponsors for the championship. Uh, lads. Really enjoyed your company. Uh, thanks to all our listeners and our viewers as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we're at the left wing back across Twitter, Facebook.
Facebook and on Instagram. We'll be back again next Monday. But for now, Ryan Dunhu, Stephen Barmer, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, William. Hey, lads.